What's up, guys? Welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will. We got Brian with us today. What's up, heretics? Hey, guys, know what we do here. We help you escape your church's echo chamber, learn to think biblically, and, of course, challenge the status quo, which always needs challenging. But first, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. It really helps. Leave us comments down below how much you love us or hate us and leave us five star reviews and all the things. But also join us on Patreon or check out our merch. We got new merch up. And um, just so you know, the merch is basically priced uh, as much as Teespring, as low as Teespring will basically let me. Uh, so uh, there's that. But also uh, Patreon, those of you who support us on Patreon, I wanted to thank you guys so much. I know we haven't had a lot of unique Patreon content uh lately and that's mainly because i moved brian's got things going on i got a lot of things going on i apologize for that but i have felt convicted about it because you guys i normally would just say to most people who don't like our content uh you get what you pay for but the patron patrons actually pay for it. so <laughs> <laughs> so i do plan to do some live streams uh for patrons patrons only i'm going to try to figure that out and uh do some like live q a and just talk about whatever i think it'd just be fun where you could just be ask me anything kind of stuff stuff that i can't say publicly probably so that's a good thing to do. Join us on Patreon. So anyway, Brian, how are you, man? Hey, doing great. Just kind of excited. I think about what you're talking about, uh, you know, challenging the status quo. The, this episode is about people challenging the status quo and it blowing up on the internet. <laughs> yes. And uh, those of you guys probably already know, we are late to the party, like three weeks late. And if you know anything about the internet algorithm, you usually have like two weeks, two weeks time to catch it. Otherwise, it dies off. But Brian was on vacation, and then we had company last week. And so this is the first opportunity we've really had to do this. So if you if shared or along social media, it would be a big help because we need to get that little algorithm hit to make this worth our time. Yeah. <laughs> or no, it's fine. It's fine. We, we just really don't care about the algorithm. Just if you watch it, watch it. If you don't, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is what it is. This is more of us wanting to talk about Bailgate or Baalgate. I feel like Baalgate doesn't flow very well. So I'm going to just call it Bailgate uh, just because. Yeah. But man, Brian, do we have some things to talk about? This yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was out of town. My uh, my Facebook messenger was blowing up with different <laughs> screenshots and stuff. I was like, what's happening on the internet right now? <laughs> and it was funny because a couple months ago, uh, uh, Jonathan Pritchett with Trinity Radio, uh, him and I were talking and he was like, dude, I just don't even like the soteriology discuss discussions anymore. They're boring. They're repetitive. It's always the same thing. So I'm just kind of tired of it. It's boring. And then this happened. He goes, never mind. We're back in business. This is a good time. And I will have you all know, I, I slaved a long time on this thumbnail, and I'm very proud of that thumbnail. So thank you all for noticing. Uh, right when we wanted to cover it, I already knew what I wanted to do with it, and it worked out great. So I feel like we should definitely kind of jump in we got a lot to cover yeah. but uh so i guess one of the things i saw on twitter you and i already received a criticism for even covering it which was that we are aptly named the church split because all we are doing is being divisive so what do you think about that brian yeah this is actually a perfect example of i think why we have the channel um it addresses how people react to different comments and situations, differing theologies, soteriologies. Um, so this is definitely a church unity item, and it involves several friends of ours, podcasts we're affiliated with, 
and obviously it made a big splash in online Christian communities. And that's where I think some of the things that we've kind of been known for is commenting on things that made kind of a big splash, try to find the middle ground of it, try to find the truth and, and hopefully give people some ways to talk about it without further fanning the flames. We'll see if we're successful in not further fanning the flames, but also try to find where the truth is on both sides and also where maybe, maybe each side is missing each other a little bit. So we'll try to well, kind of take a nuanced approach. I mean, we could fan the flames a little bit. <laughs> Will's like, but I'm here for the flames. <laughs> I'm here for fun. I mean, uh, the, everyone saw the meme on Fallacy Friday in the Facebook group, if you're in the church split Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, but did aptly describe you. I have thoughts. So, but anyway, uh, so yeah, this is, I, but you're right. I mean, this is a church splitting kind of topic. And this is, we now we see Christian brothers and sisters completely divided, uh, guns aimed at each other. This is the exact thing that we do. We talk about, all right, there's this issue that exploded. Let's talk about what's causing the division, how we can make it not be divisive and things along that nature. Like what are ways that we could be better as a church uh, and how to deal with this sort of thing? And some people don't, like the uh don't like how we go about it but we'll explain i think our philosophy as we go but i first wanted to mention kent smith in our uh live chat here kent is a faithful watcher of the church split and he said i enjoyed chrissy burke responses both parts and nice. kent wanted to thank you for watching the second part because apparently no one else did <laughs> 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 so uh i just thought it was funny because it's literally got half the views of the first one normally the second part always has a little bit less by nature because people will usually watch the first and then go into the second but i mean wow half it was rough anyway yeah. so thank you uh for doing that because i actually thought the second half was better <laughs> so wow. that was the better one all right i mean anyway. especially when she's trying to bring up john three sixteen as a reason to leave christianity i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> their argument's bad and you should feel bad right so uh, i think part of it you know like what will said about this addressing church splitting topics right like some of the very first things we saw as a reaction to this were well-known theologians online saying that they wanted to break contact with warren and flowers over this so right absolutely and i and i've uh we'll talk about that theologian here in a little bit because i have i have words um and i had words that got me blocked so uh so but first off okay guys for those of you who do not know what what happened with Balgate, uh we're going to first talk about some people in this video uh and most of you who are here probably are here because you know what Balgate is and who these people are but we should mention who they are first we're going to be talking about warren mcgrew uh who is the idol killer he is in the live chat right now uh, Warren McGrew, he's the one who made the comments that made this entire controversy explode, but he did it with uh, Leighton Flowers, who is with Soteriology 101, who is probably outside of James White in this, the biggest channel that we that is here. We will also be talking about Chris Date, who is the host of the Rethinking Hell podcast. Uh, he's also a professor at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. And so is Dr. Leighton Flowers. Dr. Leighton Flowers is also a professor at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. We'll also be mentioning Marlon Wilson with the Gospel Truth. And uh, Marlon Wilson is a Calvinist. He hosts primarily debates on his channel, but once in a while he does solo videos where he makes extremely bad takes and then he has james I don't white know who that is, honestly marlon wilson name yeah who's that guy 
Who's that guy? There's a there's a guy next to. <laughs> oh, that was a joke for you and I. Only a few yeah. people would understand that joke. Okay, okay, I got to explain it to the live audience real fast. Might as well. Marlon did a response video about Brian and I and our belief that non-trinitarians can be saved, and we have a whole video explaining like what we think like we affirm the trinity the incarnation all those things but we're just like i think it's possible that non-trinitarians can be saved and we say possible we don't say one way or the other anyway you get the idea and he did this whole video in response to us but he goes yeah will hess and that other guy but in <laughs> when he's pulls up on the thumbnail he has brian and i and the the picture of Brian was the one from our website where it has his name next to it. So it was just really funny because he's just the other guy. Brian is just the other guy who was, you could go pull this picture off of the website, but apparently not his name, which is next to the picture. Anyway, it was funny. All right. Then we have James White, of course, host of the Dividing Line and uh, Radio Free Geneva, former guest of the church split. We did have him on talk about King James Onlyism, and he's a renowned aggressive Calvinist. So that is who these are the, all the figures we'll be talking about. So we have the Calvinists we'll be talking about will be Chris Date, Marlon Wilson, James White. The non-Calvinists will be Leighton Flowers, Warren McGrew, uh, Provisious Perspective. We might mention a little bit in here because they also had Warren on and of course, us who are non-Calvinists, even though, did you see that we got a comment the other day that said that we come off like we're Calvinists? Like, and sound like, uh, you, like there was an unrelated video and like, we, you're coming, I think you're Calvinist, you're coming off Calvinist in this it's or something like that. Probably just your beard, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Calvinists aren't the only ones with cool beards, okay? All right, <laughs> well, whatever. So I just, so I'm like, uh, we're we very much opposed. Here. There you go. I mean, yeah, but all right. <laughs> so uh, with that said, let's, I guess, kind of start jumping into some of this a little bit. Uh, so what happened was Warren McGrew was on Dr. Leighton Flowers program. And this is where it all began. Now, this is a four hour podcast. If you know anything about Leighton Flowers, it's never short winded. It's always long. And this is like what? like almost two hours into a four hour podcast, basically. <laughs> so first off, who's listening at this point, especially this intently? I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to no offense to Layton or Warren, but I feel like you have you're scrounging to find stuff at this point. But uh, Warren McGrew was on Dr. Layton Flowers podcast and they were talking about Calvinism and infant damnation. So uh, do we want to pull up that clip here? Yeah, and I'm going to preface it first because I think, especially like James White and some others, I don't think they actually heard the whole clip in context. I think they heard a very short clip, like when White played it on his, he, I think, was playing like a short that was made from the episode. So I wanted to, because what happens is Leeton kind of talks a little bit about it, and then someone makes like a live comment and they address that, and then Warren continues the previous thought from Leeton and then and then that's when Warren blew up the internet and then Leeton responds. So we'll first just get the first little, I don't know, 30 second part that I think kind of sets it up and then we'll go on to the rest. And then the good news is some of you are picked unilaterally before you're ever born. And if you are happen to be one of those, then that's really good news for you. If it happens to be some of your children aren't picked and some of your friends aren't picked, that's bad news too. But if you're picked, you can at least count on that as being good news. And so it's not good news for the world. It's not good news for all sinners. It's good news for the pre-selected 
chosen, the elect, the ones that are given the special special knowledge, um, that 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 becomes um, good news only. That was kind of the first clip. So you can see first that Leeton's kind of talking about how it's good news in Calvinism for the elect. They believe in limited atonement. They believe that Jesus only died for the elect. And so therefore the good news is only for the elect because the rest are reprobated from eternity past. They are totally depraved, which means they are unable to believe the gospel. So Leeton's just kind of describing total depravity as it kind of comes out in reality with regard to whose is the good news for? Well, it's not good news for those that have been reprobated from eternity past because they have no chance of ever being saved. Right. And you're saying this as a former Calvinist yourself raised in the church yeah. as well. Yep. So are you sure you don't not, do you just not understand Calvinism? I've only been accused of that about a thousand times. So maybe I don't, <laughs> maybe I just don't say it in the very, um, I don't know, mental gymnastics way that a lot of Calvinists like to describe it, which obfuscates the really the conclusions of what is going on in that in that framework. Exactly. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure we we clarified that. All right. And here comes the fireworks. Way to go, Warren. Uh, you, you, uh, made, you made mention, Leighton, of like, well, you know, if I'm elect and my children aren't, you know, that's okay. And I just wanted to highlight how that's the same kind of spirit and mindset that the ancient worshipers of pagan deities would engage in when they would sacrifice their children to Baal. Because as long as I get my good crops, I'm willing to throw my child on the pyre. You know, as long as as long as I, uh, you know, am being blessed financially, I'm willing to throw my child on the pyre. It's the same mindset where they're like, well, God may have eternally reprobated my child. But as long as I get into heaven, I'm cool with that. And it's yeah, and I don't know any, I don't, you know, I don't know any good, decent parent that would, I mean, even Paul himself says, I would give up my own salvation for these people who are torturing me. They're trying to, they're not even related. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I've got four children. I, I know that my kind of love for them would be like, I would jump in front of a bullet in a heartbeat. Uh, to, to say I would give up my salvation for them, I, I might be able to muster up that to say something like that um, because of my love for them. And I know that God would never do that. So I, I could feel like I could say it because I know God would never go, oh, okay, Leighton, you're going to hell, but you know, I'm going to let Colson in on your behalf or whatever. I, you know, I know God's you, not the kind you of have four, but you picked Colton. So everybody Coulson, be praying yeah. for Colton in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if God's the kind there's of God always that one, would, Layton, there's always one, if God's the kind of God that would reprobate your child, yeah. well, how, how do Layton, you have just, the kind of worship and love for that, for that version that of God? I, that's the main part. <laughs> and Warren chose violence. <laughs> uh, no, that is actually so. There's so much. There's a lot to unpack here, but this is why uh, we had a tweet that kind of went crazy. That I tweeted a little bit. That I just said, basically, uh, Christians are more pro-life than God, according to Calvinism. That's all I'm saying, uh, or at least some forms of Calvinism. Before I get accused of, um, you know, broad brushing, but we'll talk about how that's still nonsensical here in a little bit. Well, I think if you listen to the last sentence that. Leighton said, he said, how do you have the kind of worship and love for that version of God? And I think when 
Warren saying they're okay with it or they're cool with that. That's what he's saying is that in your system that let's face it is man centered. It was created by man. It's a man created doctrine in the doctrine of Calvinism that you are, you, you are worshiping a God that is from eternity past picking some for no reason for, or some reason that's part of his secret will for salvation. And some he's creating just to live a life with a nature that is totally against God, who will never respond positively to the gospel, will never have the chance at salvation. They can read scripture. It will be met with null effect and they will be held accountable for the sins that they were created to, to do. And out of all of that, God apparently is glorified maximally. And God's glory, glory is coming from and as a result of the, the actions that he has given man to do against him. So God's essentially playing this cosmic game of chess against himself and then is reprobating the people that he has created to, to be against him for all of eternity. And if a Calvin believes in eternal conscious torment, it's not just that they're going to hell for destruction, which we'll talk about Chris Date who believes, but they're actually being tortured forever for doing what they were decreed to do before the creation of the world. And what Leeton and Warren are saying is, and Calvinists are okay with that version of God, that, that version of God, they're still okay with worshiping. They're still okay with calling good, maximally good. And everyone else who's a non-Calvinist who is talking about Calvinism, where the problems are, that's what they're saying. These are the issues that, that would cause them to really question that version of God. And that's what we're trying to talk about when we're asking Calvinists to really think about the logical conclusions of their belief structure. Right. And well, and this is and one of the things that Warren was accused of was like, no, no, you were talking about Calvinists as a whole. All Calvin, you're saying that all Calvinists agree with this. And that's just factually untrue because the context was child and infant damnation. That was what the context was. Like, so if you notice that in the first part, which Ward responds to after a little banter about a question in the live chat. That that is when Leighton says, if it happens to be some of your children aren't picked and some of your friends aren't picked, that's bad news, too. But if you're picked, you can at least count on that being good news. There's nothing controversial about that. It really isn't. So then Warren responds later showing how the good news for pagans, which is how the good news works for pagans, which is, you know, financial well-being, good crops, bad news. But it's bad news for their children, ultimately. But. Because, of course, they're burned on the pyre or burned on like a bronze statue. And that's a similar mindset. In the end, it's good news for the ones living and receiving gifts from their deity and bad news for the ones who are sacrificed to a wrathful God that needs satisfaction for his wrath or for his blessings. Being And then he, the other thing he says, that like people seem to think that like Warren said that Calvinists enjoy it or like it, but he just says you're they're cool with it, right? Which that was some of the language that people got upset about as well. It's like, well, well, no, he's saying that Calvinists like are they promoting there? They love this, and it's like, no, no, he said cool with it, or in other words, they're okay with it. Which means ultimately that understanding that God choosing some for death and some for life is just fine. The objectors will say no, they want their kids to live and have eternal life. Yes, definitely, and Warren could have said it with a few more maybe caveats, but again. 
we're dealing with the internet. Like, let's all be men here. We don't need a caveat. Literally every little statement. I can't stand that. It drives me crazy. And <laughs> yeah. Warren could. So ultimately being cool with it means that you will continue to worship God as good, despite him damning your children. So in some way, shape or form, you're okay with it. That's the point. Um, yeah, I said wrathful. Deal with my Michigan accent. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a, a raffle ticket. <laughs> Sorry, live chats. Anyway, um, I but, just want a, a super mashup of all the really midwestern things you and I say, and we can be super self conscious about everything we say going forward. <laughs> uh, and this is, and I want to talk about what the overlap uh, with Tim Barber says here. He goes, I am so, so grateful Bellgate came up. We are seeing Calvinism's real implications dragged into the light from behind the shiny veneer of pious rhetoric. Exactly. And people and get upset. That's why they're upset. <laughs> that's why well, they're upset. Exactly. Because it's funny, because whatever you say, when you talk about the implications of determinism, you know, white and other stuff, you just flatten it out. You just flatten it out. But you and I have said repeatedly that once you have the determinism bullet, in the chamber, these are the dominoes that follow. This isn't me trying to roast uh, Calvin. This Calvinist isn't me trying to be like kicking against any rocks. This is me just going, well, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You can't say God determined all things and then evil happens. And then suddenly C, that's A squared plus B squared. And then the C squared equals, I don't know, fish or potato. No, it equals C squared. So that's what we're getting at here. This gets, it's that's exactly what's happened with Bellgate. It shows exactly what Calvinism is teaching. If God determines, it predestines everyone's individual fate before they're even born, then this is what follows. And one of the things that, and we'll talk about it as we talk about Chris State later on, but one of the things that people get upset about, at least with Bellgate, has been this idea of like, well, it, you know, a lot of Calvinists believe that babies receive grace and are saved. Like, so we believe in, in, in infant salvation. So that was way too broad of a brush. A lot of us still believe in that. But the problem is with that is I don't even care. And I said this on uh, on Trinity Radio last week, Thursday, uh, at our Biblical Rogues Gallery episode. Uh, that will be every Thursday, by the way. Y'all keep checking it out. I will continue to be on there. And Brian will probably be joining us from time to time as well. I'm trying but to get an invite. I don't know who I got to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Code of, don't worry. Uh, Layton was only there that one episode for now. So sorry, Brian. You won't always be. Not interact just because layton's been canceled because of this so <laughs> <laughs> uh the leftists came for him anyway yep. we'll talk more about that too but <laughs> the other uh this is too fun of an episode i'm sorry i'm way too much fun but okay back to what i was saying when it comes to infant damnation like okay well it's maybe you're a calvinist who believes that babies are saved up to a certain age of accountability whatever age that may be which like Even, john MacArthur believes for example right Issue is with that is I don't care because Bellgate, that, that idea of the same mindset still follows even if your children become adults. Because no matter what, your child's eternal destiny was predestined before they were born. So before your wife, let's say, was pregnant with your child, that child, that destiny was already chosen for them. I think yeah. of Eliana, my daughter, I think of Braden, your son. And I'm like, that means their eternal destiny was predestined. Now, it doesn't meet, matter whether or not my daughter Eliana lives to be 92 years old. If God predestined her to die and burn in hell, 
at 92 years old, he's I still have to be cool with it. I still yeah, have to be not able less to, sad. Like, well, at least she lived a full life before she was damned to hell. Right. It's like, no, no, you are still no saying <laughs> that God, that God is receiving glory and I need to be actually not just okay with it, but I need to praise him and be thankful to him for all his glorious mercy and wrath and judgment and whatever upon the world. And if that includes sacrificing my daughter so you can pour, show and display your wrath to the world and damn her. I have to be okay with that and praise you in it. Now, people can say I flattened it out. People can say, but that is what it is. And we can cut the crap on that. It doesn't matter whether they're a baby or a full-grown adult. If you are predestined, your fate is predestined, and I have to worship you, I worship God, and you predestined my fate or my daughter's fate or my son's fate or whoever, I have to be cool with it. It's the same mindset. It's the same exact thing. I am willing to have my child destroyed so that way I can receive the gift of eternal life or, you know, crops. In fact, one would actually say the Calvinist implication is even stronger, right? Because it's I'm promising you eternal life versus eternal damnation when, at least with Baal, it was like I sacrificed my child in a moment in time, so it's temporal, for temporal blessings, not eternal. So we would, I would actually say the Calvinist implication is even worse. It's even more damning. So, yeah. And I don't think I, even the pagans of old who were doing this were not sad that they're, they were sacrificing their child. I bet it would, did cause immense grief, but in the end, they thought that they were serving a deity that was going to come through for them was going to give them something in return for this. This was not an action for naught. And even though it was very depressing and sad and heart-wrenching, they at least were following the system that they believed to be true. Right. And when you think of it like that, Warren isn't wrong. That is the same mindset that Calvinism has. Just Calvinism, actually, I would say, ups the ante a little bit um, while removing the action of the condemnation and death from the parents handing their child over to Molech directly and more just being okay with the fact that the God that they're worshiping has done that already. Right. Exactly. So that, that is that, I mean, there is, people are making other great points in the live chat. Like there, people are talking, (laughs) what? They're solid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we have people talking about like, um, I know some people are having a hard time like, well, you know, with all these implications, this is why one of the reasons why some people have a hard time even calling Calvinist brothers. And Kent, of course, makes a good point and retort to that, which is and I understand like why people like because once you see God, like the Calvinist version of God for what it is, like you see that aspect, you go, oh, that feels so gross. I don't I'm not even sure if we're even on the same page. Sometimes people have that like struggle there. But Kent makes a good point. He goes, I do understand why Leighton Warren and others still call them brothers. For me, some Calvinists are in ignorance. They don't know. They may not have heard other arguments. And one of the things I've heard, and I, I've, you and I have interacted with plenty of Calvinists. We have Calvinist friends. And as My soon as you start, con- <laughs> exactly. Every single and- last one of them. And every single time you start kind of nudging them in the corner, you and I have done this before. We're asking them questions and we're kind of pointing out things in the text and we're pointing out to their logical conclusions. They kind of get to the point where once they're in a corner, they either get upset a lot of times because they have to admit they're wrong or own the implications. Or they just go, I don't know. It's a mystery. And then just punt to mystery 
And so a lot of people are this way out of ignorance or because they have so latched onto a system that they haven't learned to let go of it yet and reinterpret things and realize that maybe they've been too, they've been interpreting certain passages way too strong and way too woodenly and not really digging into what the text might be actually truly getting at underneath some of those layers. And then they've been kind of taking the other parts and kind of doing some gymnastics around them, but they don't see that. So that's yeah. why I still call Kelvinists my brothers and sisters, because I know a lot of them actually just don't see it. They they have a hard time reading Romans 9 as something like Gentile inclusion as opposed and messianic lineage as opposed to individual selective salvation. Well, and I'll throw them even a gigantic bone, because I would say remove the Internet Calvinists that a lot of us interact with and just walk into a Calvinist church and you bring this up. They're like, I don't believe any of that. I don't believe mm -hmm. God is is chose before the creation of the world to damn people to hell. They don't believe that. A lot of them don't. And they've got enough biblical teaching at their Calvinist church that they don't even realize that when they're talking about regeneration before faith really has the connotations. When they talk about total depravity, they think, oh, it just means we're really bad and we need and we need Jesus. But a lot of them actually don't understand that total depravity actually means the inability to have the gospel be effective. Hinduism is effective to the reprobate. Buddhism is effective. Islam is effective. Mormonism is effective. But the actual truth, the gospel of Christianity is not effective. Right. Well, one of the things um, that we kind of like, I mean, Crud, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Too busy you get with so the life. Distracted by the comments. Everyone's I do. Making really good points. You're like, oh, great point, great point. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, these guys are crushing it. Oh, they should have a show. Well, making Will forget all his good points. <laughs> <laughs> do I have good points? I don't know. I just upset people usually. But, um, yeah, well, that's what it was. Like, so I even know a pastor who said that for the longest time he was a Calvinist. And then when he sat down with another uh, well-known theologian and apologist, I know he was like, you're a Calvinist, but this is what they like. He's like, but do you believe X, Y, Z about free will? He goes, yeah. And he goes, that's not Calvinism, dude. This is, he goes, compatibilism, determinism explains it. He goes, I don't believe any of that. That's whack. And he's like, then you're not a Calvinist. <laughs> so a lot of people just don't know. And they know that though, because for a lot of people who are like evangelical or Protestant, they tend to look at church history from like 16th century onward. And so they don't really know that there's other ways to read this stuff, to understand this stuff. There's always like a Calvinism light to it. I mean, and I have, I sympathize with that because I was raised, you know, independent fundamental Baptist, pre-trib rapture, you know, uh, acts to dispensational Ryrie type. And now that I'm like, you know, not really dispensationalist at all. I'm not really any uh, a pre-trib rapture guy. I'm none of these things anymore. I look and go, oh, man, I see how, but I did, I, if someone used these arguments against me, I would have, I would have had my gymnastics to get around it. And I kind of needed to slowly work my way out. So uh, th that's why I also call them brothers and sisters. Now, some of them might not be okay, but there's also some people who are not Calvinists who are not as well. So I, I, I try not to make judgment calls on whether or not someone is like saved or not i just i don't like to do that uh, i've gotten in trouble for that before because i refuse to condemn certain people so have you brian and uh i just know that if you believe in jesus christ and him resurrected from the dead that you are saved and you know our theology thank god does not have to be perfect in order for us to be saved so anyway well with that should we get into someone who has no problem condemning people and uh even named his podcast the dividing line 
And the only <laughs> person who ever answered the question on our podcast about what are you doing to unite the divided body? He said, well, I run the dividing line podcast. I think some people need to be divided. out." <laughs> right. So, anyway, should we get to what James White said? It's a nine minute clip. I think we should kind of interrupt a couple of times with what he says. I don't know if we need to do the whole thing, but. Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, Warren McGrew. Uh, haven't talked about him in quite some time. We we were engaging with him fairly regularly for a while, but uh, it was very obvious that he was spinning off into all the stuff he's spun off into since then. That he was the creature um, spin off into open theism and all the rest of that stuff. And and like I said, hey, the only the only consistent Arminians and open theists, but most of them don't want to go there. Uh, Leighton Flowers um, dreams at night about uh, being an open theist. Um, yeah, that's that's what he wants to be deeply. You can just tell. Um, and his job would actually allow him. I, 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 I don't know how he has time to be doing quote-unquote evangelism unless the Texas Baptists think that anti-Calvinism is evangelism. And at that point, that explains why he has all the time that he does um, to do that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, Anyway, Warren McGrew is the one doing the primary speaking here. And then you've got this a new kid on the block, Jordan Hatfield. We responded to one of his videos. And, and it's sort of the foundation of all the rest of his stuff. And once that's gone, all the rest of it isn't all that relevant. It's not really anything new. Um, though he seems to think that it is. Sort of weird. But anyways, uh, this popped up on my screen. And I'm, I'm just like, okay, so that's how you all want me to start this. All right, we'll do it. Um, here is a, it's, it's only one minute long. It's only one minute long. It's four hours long. How, how deranged does man's love affair with his autonomy, how, how, how much can you sit there and hold this book in your hands? and say you actually believe it, how far can you go in how you twist what it says? That's sort of how what we're going to see here. Um, listen to these comments from these three men. And, um, well, here we go. It made mention, Leighton, of like, well, you know, if I'm elect and my children aren't, you know, that's okay. And I just wanted to highlight how that's the same kind of spirit and mindset that the ancient worshipers of pagan deities would engage in when they would sacrifice their children to Baal. Because as long as I get my good crops, I'm willing to throw my child on the pyre. As long as I am being blessed financially, I'm willing to throw my child on the pyre. It's the same mindset where they're like, well, God may have eternally reprobated my child, but as long as I get in to heaven i'm cool with that i don't know about you guys but i mean i've got four children if god's the kind of god that would reprobate your child how do Layton, you have just... the kind of worship and love for that version Layton, of god i Layton, Layton, Layton. you're just making god in your own image you just want god to be to be like you you want him to align with your own moral standards and who are you how about, man how about the image god? of first corinthians 13 how, how about that image? Yeah, how about that? How about it? So, so there you go. One minute of absolute foolishness. Uh, I have no respect for anyone who spoke and what was just said. From what was just said. First of all, Leighton Flowers claims to have been a Calvinist. Again, demonstrating that's either a bold-faced lie or he is just 
willing to be so wildly dishonest that it's not even funny. Turn the gaslight um, off. If he was ever reformed, exactly. <laughs> then the only proper response to Warren McGrew's absurdity, because, hey, as long as I get in, I'm cool with my children not being saved, is one of the dumbest things I've ever, one of the dumbest objections I've ever heard anyone make. It's not that it's not a vitally important subject. It's just these men don't treat it with any kind of seriousness at all. It's just, it's, oh, it's horrible. I, I, wow. Uh, I don't even know how to, how to address it. But anyway, really? Layton's response upon hearing what Warren McGrew said should have been, sir, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm a former Calvinist. And, and while I disagree with Calvinism now, I recognize the absurdity of what you just said. In fact, we're done here and cut it off. That that would have been the only appropriate thing to do. But instead, he runs with it. He plays with it. Um. So let's let's and then and then Hatfield just is in thrown in there for the fun of it. Even though the irony is, the first thing he says is absolutely true. The first thing he says is, "Yeah, you're just forming God after your own own conception of." Creatureliness, which is exactly right. He's 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 correct about that. Um, and of course, Leighton then runs off to um, give us his understanding of what love is supposed to look like amongst human beings, as if that somehow determines how God is supposed to create and things like that. But again, the man-centeredness of all of these men is astonishing, and that's why we're never going to agree. Uh, because the reality is um, we will never agree until there is a willingness on the part of all to be conformed to everything this teaches and to recognize that this teaches we are creatures, God is our creator, and that massive chasm is only crossed in the person of Jesus Christ and that is in accomplishing the purposes that Father, Son, and Spirit have already determined. But let's talk about the main thing that was said. Um, Calvinists are just fine with uh, putting their children on the pyre. Didn't say that. Sacrificing their <laughs> children in the way that Moloch did as long as they get into heaven. I've never heard anything more stupid in my life. I really haven't. I'll just be honest. There, that, there is not a scintilla of honesty in what Warren McGrew said. He's not a stupid man, so he's just a massively dishonest man. That's just all there is. It's horrible. I cannot believe. There is no reason to, you know, people say, well, you know, we need to have niceness in our conversation. You can listen to that and then tell me I need to be that way. <laughs> okay. Well, seems only goes one direction, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's think about some of God's elect down through history found in scripture. Now, I think we all agree that David was a man after God's own heart, even though he committed sins. It's, we all understand that. And yet he saw what happened with his own children and his heart was grieved. And we know anybody who has a scintilla of understanding or a scintilla of honesty knows that reformed people 
pray for their children. Now, these people then go, well, it shouldn't have because they created you have to pray. Look, I know you don't understand prayer. I don't, I, I know you don't have the slightest interest in accurately representing the other side because you don't have any interest in us listening to what you have to say. This is just for your own people. It's the red meat or the chosen meat or what or the prime meat or whatever. Huh? Choice. Yeah, choice. Thank you. The choice you're meat. You're just throwing red meat out and it's to get clicks and stuff like that. I, I, I get it. All right. But if you had honesty, then you would never have played along this, this and you would have said, look, Calvinists believe that God ordains the ends and the means. The means is what takes place in time. That means our uh, striving for biblical justice versus man's perversion of justice, our striving um, for freedom so that the gospel can be proclaimed to people. All these things are good things that we are to strive for because we don't know what God's decree is. We know what the end of it is going to be. We don't know how we're to get there. We know that everything along the way is going to glorify God in the final analysis, but we are given God's prescriptive will. His law tells us what his character is like, and we know that we are to instruct our children. We know that we are to pray for our children. We know that we are to, to do everything we can to make sure that they hear clearly the message and that we well, you can't do anything, Mr. White. You can't do anything. That's the whole point of your system. I, if they I, believe in total depravity, your children, if they have not been elect, cannot actually hear clearly the message of Scripture. Also, he says that we have, we also have his prescriptive will so that we can see what his character is like. But then he can contradict his own character because that's what you're saying. Like, God says, do not kill babies. Also, God, nah, unless I damn them to hell. Hey, God says, give the gospel to every creature. I don't willing, I'm not willing to any should perish. Also, well, I'm willing, but you know. Yeah. Those caveat, caveat, blah, 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 mental gymnastics, two wills of God, which is not actually found in the scripture that he was holding up. And also, can we can we mention the fact that he was he was condemning Warren for not believing that there's a chasm between God and his creatures? Like Warren, you're in the chat. Do you not believe that? <laughs> or do you just not believe the Calvinist explanation of why there is sin in the world because of that difference? Right, exactly. And also, notice how he, he keeps, again, once again, that he turns on the gaslight. Oh, you were never really a Calvinist, right? Uh, he makes it, he starts name calling and he makes it personal. Now, here's the thing. You and I never looked at ourselves as going to be enemies of James White when you and I even first started this. Yeah, we're huge fans of him originally. <laughs> yeah, well, we were huge. Yeah, especially his uh, stuff defending the Trinity and the uh, and King James onlyism, because he yeah. argued. Well, you and I have talked about this in our a past episode. He argues like an evidentialist in those areas, and he's actually pretty good in those areas. But <laughs> everywhere else, he's terrible, and he's gotten worse over the years. You and I used to be fans of him, but everyone has noticed that as the years have gone on, it's like his true character has really kind of come out. And now he's actually really disqualified from, I think, from his office. I think he's actually a really slimy person. Um, and I'm not say, trying to be, like, controversial here. I'm just like, I feel like he's kind of a snake anymore. But he came after uh, David Palman, a friend of ours, and said that he couldn't basically have an opinion because he was, you know, of a certain age, Dill the Dillard's controversy, that whole thing. Yeah, and because of where he worked. 
<laughs> then he called me a yeah then he called me a heretic and i was like okay game on dude like you started it and now here we are but he and he did the same thing with us with me he did the name calling never actually addressed the issue sidestepped the the problems at hand he made it personal he lacks any form of nuance that sort of thing um and he can't even admit that he can work with Leighton and warren so there's that wow. He Talks says he about, can't work with them until they agree that God and his creatures are different, which they do. So I really don't know why he doesn't think that he can work well, with them. Besides, he just wants to gaslight them into oblivion. Well, he says like, yeah, well, until, until we can come together and we could agree on this. What he means is unless we they can come together and admit they're wrong and I'm 100 percent right, then we'll never be able to come together. That's what he means. He means that you he is the he's the authoritarian in the room. And if you disagree with him, you're just an idiot. You don't have a scintilla of honesty and you're just that it's just the stupidest thing you ever heard. But you know, so he never refuted it. Yeah. He never actually addresses the implication. Yeah, of it was just Keller. just saying that it's not a scintilla of truth in what Warren said. <laughs> exactly. So uh, and this is actually uh, Derek ba- uh, Beeler. It's Beeler, right? I think I always get that messed up. Um, he says, you criticize White's book. You're, you're anathema to him now. He operates like a mob boss. He came on your show, so you have to honor him and promote him. Anything less is audacious. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so then he, t- go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just find we talked about it before, but he also talks about how Calvinists teach their kids, but he believes in to- both total depravity and evanescent grace. And therefore, he we cannot know if his kids are even able to comprehend what he's teaching them or if they were temporarily graced at all. We don't know. And like, oh, well, we're, you know, to say that what we believe what we should teach our kids. Why? Because you find your kids valuable, right? Like, let's just. Cut the crap for a second. Calvinists think their children are valuable. They believe they tend to be very pro-life. You have end abortion. So now they talk about how valuable life is until they go to justify why God can pre-damn you to hell or choose yeah. us or it, it pass over you. If they don't want to say pre-damn you, they only just passes over you, lets you go there. Okay, fine. But even then... Suddenly, oh, well, we're just a wretch. You know, we're not, we don't merit anything. We don't deserve anything. We're just, we have, uh, as Dr. Pritchett called it the other day, worm theology. So, yeah, you value your kids, but apparently you value your kids more than God does. Yeah. Or at least if he elects them, right? Scripture tells fathers they know how to love their children. They know how to be fathers because they're example of the Father in heaven. But somehow, throughout the existence of humanity, Fathers have loved all of their children without knowing if they're elect or not. But so, but God in the Calvinistic system only loves the ones that he's elected and it does not love. He hates the ones that he has damned to eternal, either torture or death. Either way, he doesn't love them. So somehow, even though man is looking to God, the father as the straight line to what being a father is, we have somehow been able to leapfrog God and his standard for love. And we are able to love all of our children where God is only able to love some. Right. Well, and then one of the things I want to mention here with uh, what DW here says, he says, Calvinism is a belief system in conflict with itself. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And um, well, so, well, right. But if you get back into it, Augustine is really the father of Calvinism. 
right? Mm-hmm. And he's and he said that he believed the laws of the logicians do not apply to God. So in other words, that God can contradict because one of the laws of logicians is the law of non-contradiction. So therefore, in a sense, God can contradict himself, and that's perfectly fine because he's God and he can because God logic. And it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be logical because you're just a puny human. That's how they get around it. And that's why a lot of them tend to believe in nominalism, which they believe things only basically exist by name only. And they also tend to be voluntarists, which means that and they will some of them will deny that they're voluntarists. But really, at the bottom of the system is voluntarism, which is if God says it to you then it, that is what is right and wrong. It's not necessarily his nature. They will say it's his nature, like White just claimed, but really when it comes down to it, well, the reason why he can do it and you can't is because he's God and you're not. And so that's, so anyway, these are some little things that to talk about. Anyway. I love the quote that he had towards the end of that clip where he says, we know that everything along the way is going to glorify God, which I think includes Bill Gate. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, anyway, so that is that. So you go. So basically, he's like, he's like, we know that everything along the way is going to glorify God. Well, then, by implication, uh, Warren's comments and Layton's comments will glorify God. Uh, Calvinists staying Calvinist uh, in their theology means their kids might not be elect and can't become elect. And that doesn't trigger a, a conversion from if it doesn't con- trigger a conversion from Calvinism is all, all glorifying to God. So basically, if my child converts away from Calvinism or converts into Calvinism, both glorify God. If my child is damned to hell, glorifies God. M- Warren Layton, I'll glorify God. Actually, Brian, tell them about how you use that reality on the reform sage on Facebook. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I used to follow reform sage quite a bit cause they have some fiery memes, but I have been since blocked and he blocked me a long time ago. Um, originally because there was a guy that he said he was trying to convert to Christianity and I was offering some alternative views of the scripture and he blocked me and he said, I blocked you because you're, you're getting the way of me of me evangelizing this guy and I'm you could ruin his his chance of salvation and I reminded him that he believes that those who are elect were elected before the creation of the world if the guy he's talking to is elect then therefore he will be saved and it has nothing to do with what he says and most definitely nothing to do with what I say and he's like oh you're right and then he unblocked me <laughs> And then I got reblocked with the whole James White thing when you decided to review his book. So <laughs> it's so it's so funny. I love it. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I also want to point out too, if you notice the clip that he was playing, it was an edited clip. Besides, you notice it was much shorter than the one that we played originally. Um, so, and White says that he's got to be re- we got to be really careful with this subject. Yet he only managed to watch one minute of a which is a partial clip of a four hour episode out of context. So I don't think he's actually taken it that seriously. And then how you and I became aware of this whole thing was because Chris date, who's also a pastor at, at Trinity college of Bible and theology. A pastor. He's a pastor. Pastor. Professor. Professor. (laughs) They both start with P and my brain just went with it. Um, And he watched the dividing line segment here. Radio Free Geneva, I forget which one it was. So he he watched this. So now 
we have White watching a clip, making an episode about it that's edited out of context. And then we have Chris Date watching James White talk about it and then further takes that out of context and gets upset about it. Right. Now, what's important to know about Chris Date here. So I was scrolling Facebook. You were again on vacation, which is why we mm-hmm. haven't covered this until now. And I saw this and like and I saw this post and I was like, what the heck is Chris Date on about now. I had messaged Chris Date about a week or two previously, asking him uh, for some advice on some seminary stuff. And he is a kind of an adjunct professor at Trinity. He hasn't like officially started teaching classes, to my knowledge, but they did bring him on um, to help them. And you know, Leighton Flowers is a well-known professor at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. So these both these guys are supposedly teaching at the same institution. And I see this and I was like, holy crap. And I went down the rabbit hole before the hashtag Bellgate became a thing. I was down this rabbit hole going, wow, this is everything's on fire. And I posted some thoughts, which I'll talk about as we go. OK, uh, I'll, I'll talk about my post later. But uh, Chris Date says, wow, just wow. I haven't watched or listened to James White and or the Divine Line for some time, but this morning I started the latest Radio Free Geneva and was greeted with a clip of three non-Calvinists calling into question the moral character of Calvinists, likening us to ancient pagans happily sacrificing their children to false gods. This is a new low. I may very well break off all contact whatsoever with the three non-Calvinists in the clip. So first off... (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's it's actually extremely childish. First off, there's nothing more lame and more soy boy than like having an instant third, like third party offense to watching something and just having an absolute meltdown re- regarding it. Also, if you're a, a, like involved in the same institution and you're going to take something this personally, you should probably reach out to them but also you probably shouldn't take general comments overly personally right and this i mean so it shows a thin skin that i don't think is appropriate so those who you chris day argues about hell he argues for calvinism he argues for annihilationism and it's like dude you debate all the time if anyone's familiar this is not the only this is not the only debate where people will bring in moral implications and if you bring in moral implications by you know logical flow you're also bringing logical the moral conclusions of your opponent saying sir you must morally be okay with this then because it's called a reductio a reductio ad absurdum you are showing them the logical conclusions to their argument it's a it's a debating tactic Chris Date is a debater. He should know that this is not a personal attack. This is a, a reductio ad absurdum. This is saying that this is the logical clu- conclusion to your beliefs. And are you cool with that? And if this is not the logical conclusion to your beliefs, you is uh, now on you to disprove my accusation. Bingo. Okay. Uh, reductio ad absurdums are very useful, but Calvinists don't like them because it really exposes the problems of the system. Yeah, and when you take comments that are made about a doctrine in general and its conclusions and you decide to take that personally and go after them and say you want to break contact from them because of that, those are brothers in Christ that you're like, I'm done with them. I think you need to take a little bit of breather. Maybe don't log on to social media right away and post the very first thing that your shaky hands as you're upset about something start typing. I, I think 
I would expect someone in Chris Day's position and experience. And like you said, he's been done formal debates. You think he would know to take a breather or at least not take it as seriously and personally as he did. And we talked about this a lot with the IFB too, where people would say, Oh, well, that's, that's not, that's not my church. You're, that's not all IFB. If it doesn't describe you, then don't get offended by it. Right. I, I hear things all the time about me. You know, I don't believe in inherited guilt. I don't believe in, you know, penal substitutionary atonement. I don't believe in all these various different things, but uh, in the end, <laughs> Brian, your lights went out. Lost uh, that's funny. Um, go fix your lights so everything looks pretty. We want to see your Legos. Anyway, your Lego. Sorry, there's no S in the plural. There. Did you, did you unplug it? Like, did you run over the cord? There's a timer that I think I, I had for when I was gone that just. Oh, <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Anyway, attacked me. Oh, that's fine. All right. So, but um, as I was saying, when like. As we were as we were saying in general, when you're that experienced, you should know better first off. And also there's always implications. I don't know. It does, the whole thing is just kind of uh, it was an obnoxious kind of post. But also. Like, uh, like I said, I don't believe in pay, uh, penal substitutionary atonement. I don't believe in original sin as defined by Augustine as inherited guilt. But I get I'll hear people say things like, well, psh, progressive Christians and how much they hate pagan, uh, pagan substit penal substitutionary atonement. And I'm like, OK, I'm not a progressive Christian, so the shoe doesn't fit. So I just don't get upset about it because I don't care. I don't affirm anything that would consider me an actual progressive. Well, uh, Chris Date says that Warren was saying that they were happily, you know, sacrificing their children's to Molech. Right. Which Warren, as you saw in the in the clip earlier, actually twice now we've seen it. He never says happy or happily. He says cool with it, and he says okay, meaning what we are described, which is that they are still content with following the god that does that exactly That's what he meant but this is the problem when you watch a clip from another who watched the same clip and decided to make an episode about it just i hope if any if anyone takes anything out of this besides if forget all the calvinism stuff if you just think if i hear something online maybe i should hear the full context please i hope that's the the first takeaway from this video of anything else because it will prevent you from saying stupid stuff like chris did Right. And he also says, you know, Warren called it the mindset or the spirit. He didn't say all Calvinists unilaterally either. Yeah. So it's funny as they're demanding that he people respond charitably to their Calvinism. They're not responding charitably in return. So it's a real problem there. Like, I mean, so th this right here, this reaction from Chris, uh, I have found Chris in the past also to be prickly, um, to be a person who's very sensitive and touchy. And he admits that he's that way. So my thing is like, I know my tendencies, Brian, you know, your tendencies. I feel like you and I have been, be, are pretty self-aware, uh, which means that I, you know me well enough to know, I put certain blocks in my life to make sure those things I don't fall into. Like I have a tendency to have a hair trigger mouth. I will say, I will blast somebody from orbit. Brian, you know how petty I could be. Brian has talked me off the ledge and Brian is one of the few people that when I feel in a certain way, I will call and I can just like unload. And then Brian will be like, cool you should probably do this. And I'm like, gosh, dang it, you're probably right. <laughs> but Brian has talked me off the ledge multiple times because I know my tendencies. 
But I also know because of my tendencies, I probably shouldn't go to the people who I want to like rip into because I'm probably going to make a bad situation worse. Like I know that tendency. And Brian, you have your own, I'm sure, that you put in your own life. Yeah, I think we both helped each other a lot with that. I think I think is the benefit of having a co-host here and having someone that you're doing a lot of the same social media interaction with. So you can say, hey, I, I don't think you should have said that or maybe take a breather. Sometimes I'll I'll accidentally ramp Will up like, you know, it'd be really funny if we did this. And Will's like, yes. I'm like, oh, no, actually don't. I was just being sarcastic. <laughs> The amount of times that's like that's a great idea. You're like, no, Will, that's a bad idea. And I'm like, it's a pretty good idea, though. And you're like, no, no, <laughs> we were, we will get canceled. Uh, yeah. so anyway, there is it's thin skin. And in my mind, like, it's okay. Like, I get it. Some people are more sensitive than others, and I don't want to sit there and say like you can't be sensitive, a sensitive person. But you do not belong in the public sphere of debate and theology if you have thin skin. Because this is a is a brutal world. I mean, you sometimes eat your own words. Sometimes people are going to just rip into you. It's part of it. It's part of the gig. It's kind of why Brian and I named it what we named it. And we just kind of own it. Once in a while, we get people get mad at us for tone. And I don't care about tone policing because it, we just talk like the way we talk to each other. Because you can't help no matter what, you're going to offend somebody. And that shouldn't be your goal to offend people, but someone's going to get offended because even the gospel is offensive, right? Like you're a sinner. That's offensive. <laughs> so uh, anyway, offensive. Here's the next one that he, had. Ah, yes, <laughs> he was going on a rampage that night and says, don't worry, folks, they're attacking the position, not the person. They literally are attacking the position just because you take it personally doesn't mean that it was actually meant and directed at you. So here's Leighton Flowers tweeting says, anyone who believes in and serves a deity they believe would be willing to damn an infant, whether that deity is real or not, share the same mindset. That's just a fact of the matter. And Leighton's not wrong. I just want to say, Roddy says, I always speak with the right amount of derision. And I really appreciate <laughs> that somebody feels that way. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> You're like the one person in the world that thinks that. So uh, Roddy's not my new favorite person. Uh, hey, you want to be the new co-host of the church? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I just got canceled. That's funny. All right. Uh, I think the right. ironic thing here with Chris Date is, is he's feeling personally attacked, but he actually wasn't. And now he is personally attacking essentially a co-worker. He's attacking Warren. He's personally attacking them. The very thing that he's saying that they are doing. And he's saying he wants to break all contact because of it, which is a form of a personal attack saying, I don't want to deal with you at all. Even though you're a Christian brother, the Bible tells me to to work and interact with you a certain way. And if if Chris Date felt personally attacked that they have sinned against him, that he needs to follow Jesus's words in Matthew 18. If this if this rose to the level of that, he has been sinned against and he needs to break off contact. He needs to follow the rules and the in the way that Jesus set forth to deal with something like this, which is to go talk with them in person. If you're not going to take it personally and you're going to take it as a as a discussion on a theological position, then great. You can make a theological response publicly about it as well. That's why we are doing this. But we're also not attacking anyone. We're just calling out the bad behavior. Exactly. And a real quick, DW. Thank you so yeah, much for the $20 donation. That was, that's very generous. I appreciate it. Um, thanks. And there's, there's not no message with it even just 20 bucks. 
appreciate it. Um, that will that, that will that will help cover some of the expenses and the fallout from this, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, the other thing is is so here's the other ironic part. Um, like he's attacking them personally. Like he is Chris Day is so upset that they're he, and he now keep in mind they're talking about a theological p- position, uh, you know, uh, argumentum ad absurdum is what they're doing. So they're talking about the logical conclusions of a particular belief, which is infant damnation specifically. But as you and I talked about earlier, I think we can include predestination in general. Uh, I'm okay with that. Like, I'll bite that bullet. Okay, cool. It still doesn't get any better. You're willing to sacrifice your 92-year-old daughter. Doesn't matter. Okay, we ta- we already unpacked that earlier. But, okay, so you attacked, but you're taking this general absurdum personally, but now you're going after them actually personally. There d- does not anyone else see the hypocrisy of this? Yeah, that's what Matthew Seven's talking about. <laughs> and I wouldn't even be talking about this, but this was all night posting publicly for everyone to see. I'm, I'm over here like this is looking ugly. And I'm over here like I'm a Trinity grad. Like I am an alumni of Trinity College of the Bible Theological Seminary. So Dr. Leighton Flowers is a professor at my seminary. Chris Date. You know, the, the, and all these people are people who I would like are professors uh, at a school I recommend. <laughs> so it's not a good look from a professor. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I'm not going to put anyone's business out on the street. Braxton already posted his thoughts on it. He took a very pastoral approach in this. Um, but I was over here like, man, I don't want to be I wouldn't want to be in Braxton or Pritchett's position here because that could be a really tough call as someone who's in charge of the seminary. Right. And that's it's putting them in a bad position, too, when you're starting having to fit as somebody who's associated with it, attacking another professor. You know what I mean? It's just not it's not a good way to handle this. But now that it's public, now people like us who deal with public ministries are like, hey, well, now it's public. We at least have to talk about it because we should probably address it so the body of Christ can kind of calm down a little bit or at least just acknowledge what the problems are and then just go, now we can be more precise when we're refuting falsehoods because White and soon Marlin all promoted falsehoods. So now it's on us and the rest of the Christian community to stand for the truth, right? It happened so at the very least we can learn from this. One, you should learn to have a much thicker skin if you're going to be on the internet. Yeah, don't take it personally, man. Do not take it personally, especially if it's your theological system. And two, if someone does say something that offends you, think on it and and maybe hear the comment in context. And it was very clear. That's why I played the, the, the first clip a few seconds before that they're talking about infant damnation. They're talking about infant damnation. If So if you don't hold to that belief, then maybe it isn't about you. And in... What Warren and Leighton were saying, they named zero Calvinists in this their comment. They named n- no one by name. And yet here we have Chris Date. We have Dr. James White. We're, we're going to have Marlon Wilson. All go after them. Call them liars. Go and take a very personal offense by name and publicly condemn them for it. I. It's obvious to me that there's a certain side here. That's taken the very emotive response to this. And there's the other side that's taken a very factual. This is, hey, this is thick skin. This is the internet. We're talking about theological issues. In order to find the truth, you have to risk offense. So I just implore the people that 
took offense by this to realize that you cannot talk about the truth. You cannot get the gospel out there without risking offending a lot of people, including maybe brothers in Christ. So maybe learn to have thicker skin and mentally harden yourself so that you don't blow up like this in public and make Christians look bad. Right. And that's kind of what you and I have talked about that before so many times, right? No matter what, when discussing anything, when you're trying to get to the truth of a matter, you are risking offense. You just are. That the 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 search for truth is can be offensive, and that's just part of it. We shouldn't be taking these things personally. Uh, Brian, before you and I even stepped out to work on um to work on the church split, you and I actually talked about strategies. Like, okay, what if this platform, what if we do get recognized at all? Like this could go off into the ether and no one would notice, but if we do, how are we going to approach some of these issues? And you and I laid out some ground rules and that was one of them. Like mm -hmm. we have to be okay with having thick skin. We can't take things personally. And no matter what, we have to be willing to challenge ourselves. And that's why you and I've even done re like refutations to ourselves, right? Like you and I did, I, we refuted myself on the atonement from a couple of years ago. Yeah. So and we offer corrections and things. If you look at some of our videos, you will find pin posts from us saying, oops, we got that part wrong. Here's a correction to it. We are okay with being proven wrong. We are exactly okay. we do not take ourselves that seriously. And I think some of the people here that got a little offended might take themselves and their soteriology a little too seriously. Um, we have one more post from Chris. I wanted to show. He says, here's why it is so offensive. If you didn't, catch that he's really offended yet and not merely a critique of a particular theology which it actually was he says a mindset is a property of a mind that believes something not a not of a belief that makes sense if you say the mindset behind belief x is the mindset behind deplorable actions y you're not criticizing criticizing the belief alone you are criticizing the minds that believe it on the grounds that their belief x results from the same mindset as the actions y do it's literally the opposite of saying it's a matter of implications. Implications fall from a belief and mindset produces it. Um, he's wrong. There are three main definitions for mindset. Uh, the oldest one, the actual original one, says it is habits of mind formed by previous experience. The other two definitions are the established set of attitudes held by someone or a mental attitude or inclination. And if you use those in the way that Warren said it, um, it actually agrees with the way Warren stated it and actually follows what a lot of Calvinists believe and doesn't follow what Chris is saying. Um, and it's kind of a nonsensical thing that he's saying. It said the property of a mind that believes something, not a belief. Okay, property of a, of a mind that believes something, but it's not a belief. It'll seem like you're, you're saying two things that are different, but they're the same. Right. It's kind of a distinction without difference, right? It really is. Um and it's kind of one of those things where it's like once you have to start and the difference that is there isn't that much. Like it's not much of a difference to make that much of a fit over, right? Like uh, you talk about acting charitably and here we are. But one of the things, so I'm watching all this take place, right? So I went to the video, I checked it out. I think I sent it, sent you the clip of it. I might have, I might not have. And I was like this, so this is getting crazy. Um, and I was annoyed because I'm just seeing all of this and one of the things, so I work at a church, I'm a missions, a student director at One Life, and I used to, but there was about a three-year period between pastoral jobs where I just post my thoughts unadulterated and unfiltered to the world because who cares? But then I kind of got to the point now that I'm at a church, I'm like, well, 
the church that I'm at, even though we have people like Trinity Radio, so we have Pritchett and Braxton who attend here, we have our own network here, but they're not all the people aren't on the beat of the theology world. And I'm like, oh, and the apologetics world and the online Christian smorgasbord that this is. So I was like, I'm going to post my thoughts regarding this quickly, and I'm going to do it in the Trinity Radio group and the Church Split group because these are kind of the two groups I tend to reside in the most and give my thoughts because I didn't post it publicly. And also because it's now public, I've been accused of not following Matthew 18, but you'll notice I'm not offended by Chris Date or the people having a fit. I simply give my thoughts regarding the entire public display that they made. And mm -hmm. I did it to a very select group. I didn't do it publicly because I don't want to confuse people in my church and being like, wow, Will seems like he's coming down pretty harsh. But <laughs> if so, like, what is he talking about? He seems like aggravated and it's not really. And I'll just quickly read the post of what I said, because I still stand by every single word I really said here. OK, um, except one thing I might redact just because anyway. OK, so I, I this is what I said. And this got me blocked from by Chris Date. Uh, so he obviously did not take this to heart of my point. I was like, so regarding this Chris Date, Layton Flowers, a warm it grew drama and Marlon trying to write its coattails, which we'll talk about in a minute. This is the dumbest controversy. And here's why. If you dish it out, you've got to learn to take it without being a sissy about it. Grow up, man up. I've seen Chris get prickly over dozens of issues and say some truly ridiculous and stupid things like defending cuties on Netflix. Brian, you remember that when that show, that movie cuties came out, which was disgusting. It was pedophilia essentially uh, on display on Netflix. He defended it as being morally okay. So, and you and I almost got blocked from him back then. But uh, anyway, because you and I went after that, we we're like, that's ridiculous. And I actually have a video. I, I have a video on it. You can yeah. go check it out. Uh, like look up the church split cuties. Uh, Christians should never never defend this. I talk don't about just it. Look up cuties. Look up the church split first, and then yes, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't just look up. You'll you'll regret it. So <laughs> I was like, I've also seen him blast people in debates and discussions. Sometimes I even agree with him, as I am a I agree with annihilation myself. However, when people do the same behavior back, suddenly it turns into sub posting and victim whining. I'm sorry. But my sweet and wonderful wife has thicker skin than this. To then threaten to cut off contact just shows childishness. Warren has was being polemical just as date often is when refuting eternal conscious torment. Bingo. Spare me. In addition, the date seems to be mostly offended that Warren went after a mindset and attributing wickedness to people's beliefs is an immoral thing to do. Really? Just because someone isn't intending for their beliefs to be immoral doesn't mean it's not wicked. Uh, and this is the only part I'd probably redact because people, many people are saying that I thought I've seen Chris State do this, but maybe he hasn't because other people said he hasn't. Whatever. I don't really care because it's not really the crux of my argument. Date is quick to call ECT immoral. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I've been told he isn't. Whatever. Well, if someone believes in ECT, then it follows that date believes their position would be immoral. Immoral equals wicked. Therefore, their beliefs are wicked and come from a wicked mindset. I'm not shy in saying I think Calvinism is both stupid and wicked at its roots. It's why I speak against it as I find it a defamation of God's character. But people think otherwise and attack me for my false God of free will. Who cares? This is the realm of theology and debate. 
put your big boy pants on and deal with it instead of having tantrums. The third party offenses and snowflake behavior sometimes in this realm makes me wonder if any modern Christian could even deal with the early church persecution as a mere polemical statement apparently sends Christian leaders into a tailspin of self-pity. Also, stop with the vagary. We all know who you're talking about because he wasn't saying names. Uh, Citing the most recent dividing line makes it easy to find out, not like you could do otherwise (laughs) than you were determined to do by the author freaking week hashtag and rant then i posted a meme but as we showed he also did share that tweet from flowers and then yeah referred to it so which i didn't see at that point so those are my thoughts that got me blocked which i thought was great because like i said the week before i asked him uh some uh questions regarding some things and he actually was like i i keep these things private which i uh, uh, he's like these are just my thoughts on it keep them private regarding xyz so I just don't want any broken relationships or hurt feelings or anything by anyone. But then the next week, he instantly takes offense and starts gunning after Leighton and Warren. So it just seems like there's just nothing but hypocrisy. Um, so anyway, so as Piano Pixie says, if being triggered is all you have, then you have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. But then into Marlon's response. Yeah. But then that night, Marlon puts up a video within like hours, which tells me, by the way, you're trying to stir the pot. Now we get accused of stirring the pot, but that's like actually trying to stir the pot. Um, so let's go ahead and play Marlon's response right here. Well, it's a 13 minute full response. Go check it out. It's kind of nails on chalkboard and all honesty. Yeah. I'm only going to play a couple little clips from it because it's not really worth He just repeats himself over and over and over again. Exactly. Hey, no living being ah we just said that we weren't having any commercials for every single meal of their life free commercial break all right so you heard what they said and this is the comment that warmer grew made um and this is concerning right this is why i take it as a personal attack uh because he piggybacked off of what layton said layton said well if i'm a lake then it's okay if my children are alike then it is what it is no calvinist holds that position no calvinist holds such a degree of 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 uh, 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 disregard of loving their children uh, to where they would say, well, if I'm elect, great. If my children aren't, so be it. You know, and then Warren McGrew likens that to the mindset of those who were sacrificed their children to Bell, to Bell. And so that is concerning because now it went from a theological conversation of a disagreement between two theological systems to a personal attack because what's being That's the first clip. So he's starting to ramp up how really upset he is about this. And right, he's saying it's a personal attack. And he and you think when he's gonna start talking about it that he's going to provide evidence and an argument for why it was a personal attack, but he actually doesn't say why it's a personal attack, he just says other things about what they said. So he says that Warren piggybacked off of what Leiden said. Yep, okay, that's you at least did better than what White did. Um, but then he, he's saying he has reasons for it, but that's piggybacking isn't making it personal. And uh, and then um, also, Marlon, you, you had the first video response made. Are you not piggybacking as well? Is this, does that make it personal? Um, and then he says, if, if my children aren't elect, it is what it is. No, no Calvinist holds that position. Um, but they didn't say that. They didn't say the way you were describing it. And John Calvin said, 
I, I guess I'll plug Idol Killer's response for you. Warren has a great response on all this, and he provides several quotes. Um, and I'm stealing part of one of the quotes that he used from John Calvin himself that says, They're infant children in eternal death without remedy. It end is dreadful, and yet it is impossible to deny that God foreknow what the end of man was to be before he made him. So John Calvin believed in infant damnation. Um, there's a lot of Calvinists that believe in infant damnation. There's a lot of Calvinists that don't. And like Will said, if if it's not infant damnation, then it's 20-year-old damnation. It's 80-year-old damnation. They have no chance of not being damned no matter what. So no matter how much gospel that they hear, no matter how much good preaching they they have, no much how, no matter how much of the Bible that they read and and ascribe to, they have no chance at salvation. And, right. Uh, this is a standard issue with Calvinism that anyone who's had any kind of slight disagreement with Calvinism, this is where this is where it really stems from. If anyone's like, I don't agree with Calvinism, you say why? And I'm like, oh, because I think that. That I don't agree with the, the idea that God predestines people to hell before they are made, before they have done any sin. That's the main criticism here. We're not even getting that deep into the weeds. We're not talking about evanescence grace. We're not talking about some of the particular beliefs in Calvinism that aren't really that mainstream. This is like the number one criticism. <laughs> right. And a lot of Calvinists have believed also in infant damnation. If you look, it's been like Martin Luther and Augustine, they all believe different things about baptism on ba of babies. Not they have people like Jonathan Edwards who said everything besides damning that like the babies are damned. Like he's like, well, what else if babies are born sinful and what else the sinners uh, deserve and what else will they receive besides hell? But then he doesn't say like, but they go there. He just he says all the things except the conclusion, which is yeah. a very Calvinist thing to do, by the way, if you read the quotes. Like it's a very Calvinist thing to do to read all the things around it, but not the actual implication of it, uh, mm -hmm. because we don't want to do that. That usually equals, uh, you know, not understanding Calvinism. <laughs> exactly. You just don't understand Calvinism because you said the thing we don't ever say. Um, right, exactly. It went from this theological discussion about a disagreement between two theological systems to a personal attack, but he doesn't actually demonstrate how it became a personal attack. Again, it really was. I took it personally. No yeah, he took it personally, but they didn't make it personal. Um, and just because he likens the mindset of followers of two different systems based on their state of theology doesn't mean it's personal. Equating different mindsets is not a personal thing to do. Um, otherwise, what? saying any theological system believes is therefore automatically a personal attack in Marlon's perspective. He made a video about, about us. He didn't name me by name because he had no idea who I was. Um, but was that Marlon making a personal attack on us? Um, and he can't abstain from succumbing to Matthew seven in this hypocritical judgment, because just like Chris, where he's like, this is a personal attack and I'm mad about it. And therefore I'm now going to make, a personal attack, you're directly in Matthew 7 territory. Remove the plank from your eye. Um, it's just kind of funny when people do that to me. Right. The only thing I should take personally is when you attack my Christianity, right? Because Christianity mm -hmm. is my identity. Like I am a Christian by identity. So if you attack Christianity, I might be a bit more like this is very right personal, now, personal to me. So um, anyway, let's so Let's go ahead and jump into the next part because the next part is where he actually like Marlon kind of goes off the rails in the next part. I cleared the ad. <laughs> you have made a personal attack. You're such a liar. 
And it's yeah, and I don't know any, I don't, you know, I don't know. Any. And here comes Layton Flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody. Layton Flowers, you affirming what Warren McGrew said? You agree with what Warren McGrew just said, Mr. Layton, Dr. Layton Flowers? You agree with what he said? If you're a former Calvinist, as you say, you will be quick to correct this man on his faulty reasoning and his faulty conclusion. You need to correct him and say, that's not what the Calvinists would say. That's not what the Calvinists would say. Now, if you want to point to the implications of Calvinism as a system, and you believe that is the implications of Calvinism as a system, then yeah, sure. You could say, well, the Calvinists don't agree with that. The Calvinists wouldn't dare say anything like that. But maybe the Calvinist system is like that. The Calvinism, maybe that's the implication of the theology. He took it personally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, but again, he was talking about Calvinism and Calvinists hold to Calvinism. So again, it goes into the whole like caveat mania. Um, and yeah, HGM, you're right. Uh, Will, uh, when you're talking about my talk about Christianity is personal to me. So when you talk Christianity, I might take it a little bit more personally. Well, that makes sense because to them, basically Calvinism equals Christianity. Right. Um, and that's the problem is that they don't look at Christianity as a death, burial, resurrection as much as they believe in the system. Because I've actually been told by many. OK, again, not all of you. OK. All right. Let's not caveat everything. But I've been told if like Calvinism is the gospel. Right. That's a quote from John uh, Char from Charles Spurgeon. Uh, you reject Calvinism, you reject the gospel. Therefore, you reject Christianity. Like I've been told that many times that I'm a heretic and I'm damned to hell. So and I know Warren has heard the same thing. Uh, in fact, Warren was told by Chris Date himself that he's not a Christian brother. So anyhow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny. He's he's personally attacking Warren. He's calling him a liar. He's calling Leading out for not calling Warren a liar. And and he says that he should quick be quick to correct this man of his faulty reasoning and faulty conclusion. But I want you to remember what Warren and Leighton were saying is they were trying to correct Calvinists on their faulty reasoning and their faulty conclusions. Bingo. If you believe that that we are born totally depraved and a baby that dies is already guilty of Adam's sin and deserving hell, and that was decided by God before he created the world and before Adam even sinned, then you have a faulty conclusion if you don't think that that means that you have the same mindset as uh, as the the early pagans who were sacrificing their children to to Baal, you have this whole problem of being okay with it, cool with it, whatever Warren said, with being okay with the fact that your conclusion of God is something that still means God is good, that still means His nature is correct, and or he, he the things that He is doing are correct because that's His nature, but. When he does things that are evil, you still call it good. And when we do evil, we're evil. Right, exactly. And also he calls him a liar. He's like, you're such a liar. You're such a liar. Is that not a personal attack? So I guess it's true for me, but not for thee. Yeah. This is why it's important, like why Brian and I said we don't care about tone. Tone policing is lame. Um, this is why we say all the time, like we don't, we care about uh, substance over everything else because once you and also that it's okay to make make a personal attack if the person is actually being a personally bad right like if you're a bad person i should call you a bad person that's being truthful that's being honest 
Okay, that's why I said earlier that White is a snake because of the way he acts. Uh, his actions actually keep showing that. Like I kept trying to give him grace for a while. I'm like, oh, he's just aggressive. He's just a little bit more forward than in his thinking. Then over time, like actually, he's very, very not cool. <laughs> so, yeah. But when you take everything personally, and then you want to whip it around and be mad that people attacked you personally, but then you can attack them personally, kind of loses its a uh, loses its a, a savor there, so to speak. So. Anyway, um, so and you have to demonstrate like that's the other thing. If you're going to if you're going to attack someone personally, you better demonstrate how they are being that thing. Right. So because that once you attack someone personally, call them a liar. Well, now the burden of proof is on you to demonstrate how they are that personal attack, which is why you and I tend to try to avoid them because we don't want to put that burden of proof on ourselves, but I'm more than willing to take the burden of proof when it comes to white. Cause I think we've demonstrated it enough on the channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not only is uh, Marlon doing what he said Warren did, but, di uh, but didn't, uh, you know, a personal attack. Marlon is calling out what he thinks is a logical flawed reasoning, what we should do as Christians and what Warren actually, you know, did. So it's the, the whole thing is a big ball of, contradiction with marlin's own point it's just pearl clutching is all it is it's how dare you you know say a thing up against my system yeah and again, and again we, we risk offense by trying to find the truth trying to talk about it um the gospel's offensive but it's also good news and it's good news for the world not just those that god pre-elected before the creation of the world um and yeah i think part of it i think we said this originally early on but i think that the calvinists are the real reason they're upset with what warren said is because He's, he's putting the systematic of Calvinism in simple terms. And when you do that, it sounds really bad. And you can hide the ugly underbelly of Calvinism with equivocation and with mental gymnastics. And when you state the conclusions, obviously, which is if some are chosen by God by name for salvation before creation, the rest are chosen by name by God for reprobation. And that right. doesn't sound too nice. That doesn't exactly. sound like an all-loving God a powerful God, a God that wants a personal relationship with his creation. And right. if he's able to just pick before the creation of the world, who is, is going to be saved, then why didn't he pick everyone? And I said this to a couple of people who are essentially taking like a universalist approach to infants, but are Calvinists. And they're saying, Oh, I think all babies are saved. It's just, it's just after the age of accountability or some arbitrary time that then they are held accountable for it. But they are held accountable for it and still predestined for hell, no matter what, then why not just be a universalist all the way? If you took a toe step in, if you're going to keep that Calvinistic mindset, just want to just be a Calvinistic universalist. At least then God isn't this moral monster when it comes to election. Right. 100%. And um, also drew, you're wondering where your name drop is at. So, okay. I, actually, were you guys the one who was it somebody in the comment section or were you guys the one who coined the term bell gate? Because I saw it from Provisionist perspective first. Um, but then so I, I don't know which came first, Warren's response video or him going on Provisionist perspective. But we don't have the whole because Provisionist perspective episode is much longer. To, uh, so you can go check that out. But they also discuss Bailgate. And uh, yeah, the, I feel like all of us have been in the trend. Yeah, you did coin it. I knew it. Wow. Uh, that was a very Drew thing to come up with. That was what because I, I thought I saw that. I think it was on Twitter. And I saw him call it Bellgate, and I like nearly laughed the coffee through my nose. So, uh, 
it it won out all of her molectroversy. Yeah, that's that's a mouthful. Yeah, that's so. too wordy. <laughs> yeah, Bellgate is way funnier. So, um, well, anyway. every controversy now has gate with it. So, it's just, it's just that's what made it hilarious. I was like Bellgate. I was like, yeah, it's, it's better than molek gate. Like I, yeah. Anyway, um, also Marlin, by the way, just to reiterate, if you don't believe babies die and go to hell, then stop taking offense. Yeah, he's not talking about you. If the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. How about that? Cool. Yeah, it's a very progressive left-wing ideology. To oh, here I am, and I'm going to equate mindsets again. This is going to this is going to re-instantiate the whole thing. Um, but you're acting like a leftist when you when you take that offense on behalf of other people. When you're like, well, this doesn't really isn't really directed at me, but I'm going to take personal effects offense for the internet to create controversy and likes and clicks. And it really, it is kind of prideful. When right. You do it that way. And I don't know Marlon's heart, but it sure seemed like he was taking something personally that wasn't aimed at him and he made it about himself and decided to make a video on it as quickly as possible. Right. 100%. And we, we did have some things in here with Marlon's response, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, Warren has, has some great response videos. There's also some funny ones. And uh, people, of course, at like snakes like Tyler Vela uh, were, was tweeting out and complaining about it when he clearly never watched the video. So he's extremely dishonest. And can we also talk about the fact that Tyler Vela, like real quick, Tyler Vela, a known ex-Calvinist, ex-Christian, and a passe who has left the faith and now ridicules the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the very incarnate God who came and died on the cross for you and for me to save us, that the Calvinists say they worship and uh, hold up as Lord. He now blasphemes that name. And now because he goes in and defends Calvinism, the Calvinists during Balgate have been liking his stuff and tweeting his stuff just because he's defending Calvinism during Balgate. You are more willing to like and lock arms with an apostate who blasphemes the name of your Lord and Savior than to just have a friendly debate amongst other Christians over here. I'm just saying, I was a huge Ravi Zacharias guy. You know that, Brian. Mm-hmm. And when all that came out, I won't even quote his stuff anymore. And if I do, I, it's with a huge caveat. But they're like cheering Tyler Vela on. And I find it disgusting. And Tyler is not someone sh- who should be taken seriously at all. He shouldn't have been taken seriously even when he was a Calvinist because of the ridiculous things that would come out of his mouth. But now it's even worse. And it's like, Calvinist, check your heart for a minute. Like, okay, again, if the shoe doesn't fit, you don't wear it. But if you're a Calvinist and you are taking people doing an argument of ad absurdum personally, if you are having a fit and attacking people personally, and then you're cheering on a known apostate who is a blasphemer, you need to check your motivation. Are you just clutching pearls with systematic? Or are you actually willing to engage in conversations about truth of Christianity? That's why, I mean, it's kind of a line in the sand for me on this. Like, it just kind of drives me crazy. Like, I, yeah. the more I've seen this, I cannot understand why anyone would do that. So, sorry, that was way off tangent, but that's been bothering the snot out of me online where I'm like, what is wrong yeah. with you people? Like, he jumps in and everyone starts cheering him on. Uh, it just, I don't you, get if it. If you haven't mentally hardened yourself enough as a Christian to, to not 
want to promote atheists who are against Jesus Christ and the gospel because you just want someone else to be on your side because it makes you feel better. I think you need to take a step back from the internet for a bit. Check yeah, your heart. Ex exactly. Um, so let's get into some of our final comments, Brian. Yeah. Um, I think we got some. And um, so a natural question in the realm of infant damnation. So let's just talk about the elephant in the room, which has been infant damnation as a whole, which by the way, which, which is why you should deny Augustinian anthropology. Mankind is not born totally depraved and with Adam's guilt. But anyway, we have episodes on that. Uh, Lots. But, <laughs> and, and, yeah, we have plenty. Uh, one with Warren, actually. We should have we should have him and uh, Providence perspective on so, here soon. We should do that. Um, yeah, anyway. We just plugged it so not has to happen. Sorry, guys. Yep, yep. And they're all with us on Black Sheep Theology Network, even though they're more active on it than we are, even though it was <laughs> my brainchild. <laughs> I am ashamed. Please forgive me. Anyway, um, so didn't Abraham, so the natural question that comes up is, didn't Abraham go up the mountain to sacrifice his son Isaac to God because God commanded it? Like, that has come up in this conversation. I hear atheists bring this up. So the answer, of course, is no. Abraham did, uh, never thought he was actually sending a son to go to hell to, for damnation. He never thought he would even stay dead. He thought either God would stop it from happening or bring Isaac back if he did. Uh, Brian, uh, if you put in here in Genesis uh, 22, uh, 4 through 14, uh, you might just want to read the bold prince just for sake of time. Yeah, yeah. so part, part of verse 5, it says, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So first, Abraham is telling the young man, young men that are with him that him and his son are coming back. <laughs> they both are. So you can you can already see Abraham's mind unless you just believe that he's just bold faced lying. And he's like, I don't want him to know that I'm going to go kill my son. Um, and then when he's talking to when Abraham's talking to Isaac um, in verse eight, he says, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So you have, again, this expectation from Abraham that his son isn't going to be the real sacrifice and God will provide a lamb. And then in verse 12, God says, this is God's word, right? So anyone who's for infant damnation, this is God's word. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. So you, you see God's heart for innocent children you see that this was one, a parallel to God and Jesus later in the New Testament. But you also see that God is not looking to have his followers be the same as, as the pagan followers who are sacrificing their children to a, a wrathful God. God is one of love, one of grace, one of mercy. You know, the, the Jews always believed that God could save whoever he wanted to save. That was never really a controversial thing. And it really is only into the last 400 years that's become such a, a weird stance, especially with the, the Calvinistic view of Romans 9. Well, and then, so, yeah, I mean, and again, this was, as Warren pointed out, Abraham was likely a pagan or around, or he had pagan ideology, God having him bring up his son and then saying, no, I provide my own sacrifice. This is a lamb. You sacrifice those. It's just him basically going, you know, all the, the Molex and the bells and all those around you, all the paganism. I'm yeah. not like those gods. He's differentiating himself. I am. I, and, he's, and he's showing it loud and clear, right? I will not demand the blood of your children. That is the point here. Uh, and people forget the cultural milieu in which he's working in here. But um, 
and then of course you and i you already have an episode of psalm 51 5 i plan to do one maybe you and i will maybe we can have a guest on to talk about romans 5 but original guilt is not taught in scripture uh and the bible actually there's nothing but positive words when it comes to children they don't know good from evil they're like the hand the arrows in the hands of a warrior they uh suffer the little children to come unto me and you know he his burden he always talks positively about children so there's definitely no infant damnation in scripture yeah uh, and i think this is like maybe a good opportunity people sometimes ask oh well brian do you guys ever disagree on anything and I say this is our slightly different takes here. So I'll give mine first, Will, and then you can kind of say where I'm wrong. Um, but I think Chris and Marlon both here missed accurately responding to Warren. I would say also James White. They took what he said about a belief system and a mindset stemming from that and took it personally. Warren named none of them by name, but they took it personally anyways. And I think Warren and his response, which, again, is fantastic and is so complete and utterly destructive to the Calvinist view on infant damnation, that it is almost not worth us talking about this at all. But we figured we had to talk about it more from the church splitting side of this more than anything. Um, but I think the one thing that Warren may have missed in his response to this whole thing um, is that Calvinist parents really don't perceive that their belief in total depravity in election means their kids aren't saved. I don't think they really think about that conclusion for at least in the majority and almost the totality of, of Calvinists. And I think sometimes we, th we throw our perspective off on, on Calvinists because of the internet Calvinists we run into, like some of the crazy ones that were in the chat today. Um, but I think, you know, especially from my perspective, growing up in the Calvinist church, when they baptize babies of which I was one of them, um, when they're doing the question and answer with the parents in front of the church, they are saying that they are running with the assumption that their child is already elected into the kingdom and the parents are to raise the kids with the assumption that they are elect. So I think uh, when Warren missed a little bit that the conclusion of most Calvinist belief system is indeed infant damnation, most Calvinist parents don't actually live with that assumption about their own children. They don't actually think that their children are going to hell and they, they do kind of take the non-Calvinist approach where they think, well, I just got to raise them up. Well, I need to teach them scripture. I need to keep them in church. I need to raise them with, with good standards and, and moral understanding, and they will be a good moral Christian in their adult life. Um, so I think that's my only little criticism to Warren, I think would just be a little bit, little bit of a, a differentiation between, I think most Calvinists aren't cool with it as far as with respect to their own children, because they don't actually consider that as part of their, of their belief system, even though it is the conclusion of total depravity, hundred percent. Right. Um, also a Alex of Velosin said, make a video, uh, make a show about the Alistair Begg controversy. Oddly enough, I do plan to do that. So I I'm trying to get some notes together. This week has been crazy. Um, so I do plan to, I'm hoping I'm not going to be like three weeks out again, but I'm hoping to do it this week. <laughs> don't want to make promises uh, uh he just <laughs> warren says uh i did know it was not monolithic but then he made sure you know that he's taken it personally um so expect <laughs> all cap tweets at me for the next three days and probably block me this will be great yeah i'm blocking i'm blocking <laughs> we're blocking warren my uh I, this is one of those areas where i was like ah, like so this is funny because we do get accused of always agreeing with each other but people don't realize that brian and i oftentimes think on the same vein but once in a while we kind of differentiate a little bit but we come back to the like 
the areas where we disagree are very minor. And this is one of those areas where I was just like, ah, I don't even think that he needed a caveat. I don't even think that criticism is even more like even remotely warranted, even if he didn't say it was monolithic. I don't care. I, I've already given my thoughts clearly on this. I'm, I, I'm very much, you could say, take it aside strongly. Uh, so, um, but Brian is ever the centrist in the sense where you will <laughs> always be like, well, I will find something to criticize because I don't want to be that guy who's only beating one person up but i'm okay with beating up one person so it's fine uh, <laughs> someone please uh clip that out but then so, oh great yeah and send it to james white make sure yep. he sees it okay uh, out of context is always the best yeah uh well anyway um feelings were hurt but get over it stop being so sensitive uh assumptions were also made again stop it that was dumb uh, it was frankly making a mountain out of a molehill. It was a comment that was made at like a, at a two hour mark of a nearly four hour podcast. How do you even find that clip? Like, I, <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless, um, unless Warren, did you, did you make the, uh, the short about it just to were you just like, let's time to fan some flames. <laughs> that is something that Warren would do. In Warren is like, damnation. Warren is such a nice guy, but he's also such a fire starter. It cracks me up. It's like he's actually, but he's he's just passionate about what he's talking about. Now you and I are with him on it. So, um, but it's a great, but it's a great example of how not to immediately take things personally, not to immediately blow things up, be dramatic, especially if they describe something that you don't believe. Right, right. Yeah. We're all in agreement. Um, it's, it's also, also a good opportunity to those to, to evaluate what they believe, right? Is your perspective on God that he chooses infants to die in hell for his own glory? Is that a God worthy of worship? And I think that's the, it kind of got buried a little bit, but Leeton was trying to say that at the end, even though they're kind of both talking at the same time. Do you worship a God that offers salvation freely to any who believe, or does he only offer it to those that he's elected before the creation of the world? And I think that's, that's some really strong questions to ask yourself and in your belief system. And does that, does that mesh with the character of God that you read in scripture? Right. We talked about, Oh crap. What was her name that we just did the videos on Christy Burke? Was that her name? Yeah. Christy um, Burke. Right. She so, was, a, she, she started leaving Christianity because she was told the Calvinist version of Romans nine and it didn't comport with the God of scripture. And that caused her to have essentially a, a tectonic break with her understanding of God and caused her to start leaving Christianity. So I think it really is important to have a good understanding of who God's character is and also making sure that your theology and your stereology meshes with that character of God. So it isn't contradictory. By the way, the live chat keeps making fun of you for saying Leighton instead of Leighton. Just letting you know, it's nice to have them make fun of the way you probably liking that, right? <laughs> I'm enjoying it because I always mispronounce stuff and people make fun of me for it. Uh, C. White, James White, when I said uh, Benson instead of Bonson. Bonson. Hey, I need Bonson. to that, uh, that video again. Oh, you should, just to kind of show how uh, how he can't ever hold himself to his own standards. Matthew nope. 7. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, but yeah, a lot of uh, conservative Christians uh, follow a lot of the people referenced today and which the reaction sounded like what we would normally see from progressive Christians. That's already been noted a lot in the live chat too. Sadly enough that this is put, you put this in toward the end of our notes here, <laughs> but which one, which basically one, uh, where one 
here uh, jumps on a bandwagon and they feign outrage. It's a very leftist progressive thing to do. Which one went to fact? And so the question to ask is this, which one here bandwagoned and which one did feign outrage? Let's just ask the question. And which one went to facts and which ones went to outrage and emotion? Which responses, regardless of your stance on Calvinism, were personal and which ones were talking about an ideology, a theology, and a conclusion? And then you can see who really is acting like the leftists. Which is funny because reformed people tend to be very anti-leftists. And that's actually the fact. I, I was going to say, like, I appreciate a lot. Like, like I don't like John MacArthur. You don't either. But. You know, way he stood uh, against COVID lockdowns. I was like, I could respect that. You know, uh, there is yeah. there end abortions now stuff. I respect that stuff. There's a lot of th there's a lot of stuff I can respect in their push against liberalism or progressivism. The problem is that their apologetic and theology to answer back to progressivism is trash. And that's where it falls apart. Like if you took these yeah. guys and they, you loaded them with good theology and good apologetics, we probably see a very effective force, but unfortunately, we 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 don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just something to I think check ourselves in general. So if we kind of take that, take it back ten thousand feet, as we're how does how does this apply to everyone? How to the reason why we actually wrote did this video is because we need to be thinking about how to mentally harden ourselves and think about how you react to some things, especially online, um, especially how you interact with people in church in person. Are you reflecting the character of God? Are you reflecting the values that you say you hold to? Or are you reflecting the same outrage, cancel culture that you say is wrong and that you point out in your political beliefs, but you seem to maybe follow or accidentally um, espouse when you're getting a, a theological topic? Again, we, we said, it, I think, four or five times to talk about the truth risks offense. So realize that's that's baked into the cake already. Get grow some thick skin. It's going to prevent a lot of church splits. It's going to prevent a lot of broken relationships. And it's going to allow you to actually get to the truth and actually uncover the things instead of avoiding these hard topics, which is the whole point we started this this channel in the first place. Instead of avoiding the hard topics, let's talk about them and let's get to the bottom of it and let's actually go back to scripture to find where the truth is instead of just calling people liars and saying that they're personal attacks and just getting outraged about stupid things on the internet. It doesn't, nothing was actually accomplished here with their outrage besides right. a couple clicks and views and maybe a couple dollars in their Google AdSense account. Oof. Um, and real quick, Mike Green said, but how many non-Calvinists have deconstructed or just made a false profession to begin with thanks to easy believism? A lot more. Uh, I'm going to echo what somebody else already said in the comments. I'd like to see numbers on that. But you and I have also discussed the problem with easy believism. Ooh, we hate easy believism. <laughs> yeah, like we, we yeah, we're about, we're just as critical. Like I, you and I have a whole episode even on once saved, always saved, and all that. So that is, yeah, I agree, dangerous. But also, a lot of that stuff is actually, if you kind of like go through like the doctrines, the way they kind of broke down, a lot of us are off breaking off from Reformed doctrine. So there's kind of a brainchild to the whole problem that trickled down um What's the easier believism system the one where you just have to say a prayer and you're in the kingdom or the one that you just end up born already elect right 
and real quick, I did star a few things I wanted to uh, quickly mention. Derek Baylor did, uh, Beeler did say White took it way too personally when they did a series on the Potter's Freedom. He was like, how dare you? I was on your show once. And yeah. <laughs> you made five episodes about like 15 minutes of the first video you did on that. <laughs> and none of it was actually the substance of it. It was mostly like the banter that David and I had. And then it was just really like... I'm offended I did at your banter. Do videos on Martin Luther and the history and blah blah blah. That's why you can't talk bad about me. And then Jer- Jared Ellison uh, Neville said, "God killed every baby in the flood." I think this was what back when I mentioned that apparently Christians are more pro-life than God. And this is actually the flood is a is that's a lipstick on a pig for anybody. By the way, I mean you you have to lipstick that pig up. Um, <laughs> to say like it's a difficult topic to bring up there's a lot of responses could have been a local flood could have been uh could have been a global flood there also could be the fact that these uh babies were called home essentially this is part of a recent bud or it could be that all the other babies during the time were actually not really babies but the nephilim they were corrupted humanity essentially uh demon babies sort of a thing there's a lot of responses to it so i just don't think we can just use i feel like that's a little too black and white of a well god killed every baby in the flood then that's on the side of people like what's his name uh t jump the atheist uh who's like god drowned babies and it's like well did he like or is it the same kind of baby like what are we talking about here like we should probably on there's a lot more to unpack there and we're not going to talk about the flood right now uh, but just letting you know that there's a general large swath of answers to the flood problem um, but it is a it is a pig that needs lipstick. And, you know, I think there are ways around it. But if you just take it as wholesale global flood killing babies as well, that could be a problematic. But even if it is that going to heaven or God calling them home is a little bit different than God damning them to eternal hell. Mm-hmm. Because one of them would be temporal. One of them is eternal. Not that I'm saying that that's a position to hold that you should hold. But just saying that is there is a distinct difference. Uh, Joshua Ham said, "Are Calvinists uh, are Calvinists who get upset for being misrepresented by saying that Kelvin, by saying what Kelvin and lead Calvinists say, like trans people who get upset when you misgender them?" Mind Trap said, "Question: And what about those that uh, say the original controversy was the offense?" I guess I'm not understanding Mind Trap the full question here. Um. Well, you started. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started because I was like trying to figure it out. I don't know if he's still in the comments, but I don't know um if he can clarify that. But anyway, um, and uh, Chris, why do you and Drew still affirm once saved always saved? Come on, man, get out of there. Uh, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, and then Mind Trap did though say like exactly like yeah somehow. God killed babies in the flood. Therefore, he can send babies to hell. Like, again, you're so showing the fact that one does not follow after the other. So anyway, um, anyway, so. All right. That's that's enough uh, of that, I think, uh, in there, because it's getting late, especially for you, uh, who's on Eastern time, Brian, and you have a full time job. (laughs) Um, I do that, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Right. So um, we both do. But. Yeah, that's, I appreciate that's all the comments today. I think it was fan. I think the live chat was one of our best ones we've ever had. Um, a lot of people were making better points than we were. So thank you guys for making those points. Hopefully we got all the good ones on on the screen when they came up. Um, it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. And guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Maybe this was just like kind of like a one and done like overview or if nothing else is cathartic for you. And um, yeah, and I hope this was enjoyable. Hopefully I'll have an episode of Alistair Bag uh, later on this this week for you guys. And yeah, if there's anything else, uh, let us know. But this has been the church split. Consider supporting us on Patreon, though, because this this operation does cost monthly money. Plus, my uh, I do work at the church, and it'd be nice if my wife didn't have to work part-time eventually. So it'd be nice to be able to do something like that. Not so that I'm in it for the money, but this sort of thing does cost money, right, Brian? Money and time. Because it has only cost us money. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're on the bottom end of that. <laughs> but it's been fun anyways. We're not doing it to try to even recoup our funds. If, if you feel like giving, great. If not, no big deal. But uh, I think the biggest thing that we've enjoyed is just the interaction with people, the relationships we built from it. And uh, it's really kind of fun community, especially with the apologetics and discussion group on Facebook. The, some of the, the best questions we ever see online about any Christianity topic seem to come up in that group. And then there's usually 30 or 40 fantastic comments uh, in response. So if you ever want to ask some good uh, good theological questions, go join that group. Absolutely. And guys, I could have said everything what Brian said better. I mean, you guys have been a huge blessing to us. It's been a lot of fun engaging in this sort of thing. Keep it up. Um, and, you know, we'll see you guys next time. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Join the Facebook group, the Church Split Apologetics and Discussion page. And there you can interact with all of us throughout the week. So anyway, with that said, Brian, uh, anything else? I'll do it. Appreciate everyone. Have a good all night. Right. All right, guys. Have a good night. Take care. God bless. And guys, if you want to avoid seeing obnoxious ads like this, we gotta be strong. We gotta be healthy. When you wanna feel nice and strong and satisfied, you gotta check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com, use promo code Knowles. Or that. We also wanna thank Free Life Soap, because I don't know about y'all, yes. but I got a new shipment of soap yes, in. Yes, I did. Here yes, sir. And it was great. Or this. Hi guys, my name is Will, and I'm here to tell you why you should be a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Or that. To get to that momentarily first, I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Are you aware that your browsing data is constantly being tracked and monitored? Please support us on Patreon. We do not want to annoy you filthy heretics with any sort of ads on this show. So when you're a Patreon subscriber, you also get access to our apologetics classes and other video contents a whole month. You can support us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month.